T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. While Cook County elected officials are debating whether to keep the recently enacted sweet and soft drink tax, McHenry County has been struggling with financial issues that could have long-term consequences, pensions and taxes. McHenry County Board Chairman Jack Franks has been spearheading those efforts, but he's also looking at another job. This week we'll talk with him about all of that and a lot more. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore and this is At Issue. My guest this week is Jack Franks, and this time last year we were calling him a former state representative because he had quit the Illinois legislature. He had represented the 63rd District for about 18 years. He was one of the first Democrats to represent his largely Republican area. But in 2016, he ran countywide for the job that he would go on to win, and that is chairman of the McHenry County Board. Now, Jack Franks is not a typical Democrat. He called for the first audits of a sitting governor in the state's history. He was one of the first Democrats to openly criticize now-jailed former Governor Rod Blagojevich. He and fellow Democratic State Representative Scott Drury, who is now running for Illinois Attorney General, voted against the so-called millionaire's tax, backed by House Speaker Michael Madigan. And now he is pushing to end pensions for countywide elected officials. And in these political times... I guess this all means we have a lot to talk about. Jack Franks, welcome. Thanks so much, Craig. Um, Well, back when you left the General Assembly last year, you cited dysfunction in Illinois' government. You said both parties are to blame for a situation that put the state's future and people's welfare at risk. So how's that county government uh, thing working out (laughs) for you? (laughs) Uh, You know what? It's a heck of a lot better than the state of Illinois. Um, you know, you saw what happened this last year. They went two and a half years without doing a budget. They both sides suffer under the delusion that it's okay that real people suffer as long as the other side gets blamed. And we've become such a polarized electorate here in, in Illinois that I'm, I'm concerned about what's happening. Um, compromise has become a dirty word. People don't understand that they have to do that to go forward. And what I've seen really in Springfield and even on the local level sometimes is blind allegiance uh, to the moneyed and powerful interests. Um, and, and and the folks in the middle are becoming very endangered. And you've seen a lot of people leave Springfield and are leaving now because they're fed up as well. I just happen to be ahead of the curve. And I know you said moneyed interests. So it's not necessarily party politics. It's, it's, it's something deeper? It is, I think. I, I think you've seen what happens... Um, we've become so polarized because of the, how folks have to run in a primary. And, for instance, in the Illinois General Assembly, I don't think there are any pro-choice Republicans left in either the House or the Senate. That's just amazing to me that they've gone that far to the right. And what you saw was when, when Bruce Rauner came in a few years ago with all this money that he was spending, um, and then he was giving legislators checks, if you remember, when right after um, he got elected, he was giving them $10,000 checks or something. What it did is it forced a lot of folks on the Democratic side to run into the arms of Madigan because they needed protection from the bully. So it was both ways. So both sides have become so polarized 
um, with all this money in here. So if you don't do what the party leaders asked you to do, they're not going to support you. And you've seen what happened, you know, with the folks who voted for the who voted for the budget um, on the Republican side. Uh, the majority of them aren't running again for reelection. Um, I want to touch on something that was head uh, making headlines as we were getting ready to talk, uh, because you pointed out no pro-choice Republicans in the legislature. That doesn't mean there are no pro-choice Republicans. There are, right. there are a number of them. But what does that say about the governor making a decision to uh, sign Ho- House Bill uh, 40, which essentially is an abortion rights bill? Well, he campaigned on that. He'd actually told Personal Pack that he was going to sign that. The problem that the governor has is he flip-flopped. And then when he got called on it, he had to act like a Chinese acrobat and, you know, flip-flop again. He's getting whiplash. If he just would have been straight and said, this is where, where I am and this is where I'm going to be, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't have the problems that he has now. And I think we've seen a lot of that at the at the level at the state uh, where we haven't had the, the kind of leadership. I can tell you in my first, when, when we came in in his first year, Governor Rauner asked all of us not to vote for the budget dealing with education. Every Republican and myself voted no on that budget, right? Because he said it's not balanced, don't do it. Then what he, what he cited as his biggest accomplishment for that first year was the education budget that he asked us not to vote for. I'm like, dude, get a clue. Lead, but don't don't flip-flop. And that's that's been this governor's problem. Well, but haven't we gotten to a, a point in our politics where everything seems to be positioning itself for the election? For example, I mean... Yeah. I don't think it's an unfair analysis to say that in some ways Governor Rauner's uh, veto of the state budget that eventually passed over his objections in some ways was ammunition for him. It's going to be the basis of his campaign for re-election. So he says he's angry at at the override of his veto, but he couldn't be in a better position because of that. And isn't it a kind of a cynical politics where you have to think, okay, I need to do something so that I can... Greg, you hit that nail on the head. It's so disingenuous. As you recall, it was the governor who was asking for a tax increase. And then once he got what he asked for, he called it Mike Madigan's tax increase um, because he didn't get some other concessions that, that he wanted. And that's the problem with where our politics is going in Illinois and maybe nationwide. I don't know as much. I, I, I doubt... Other states are as dysfunctional as we are. But, you know, we have the worst funded pension systems in the entire country. We go years without passing a budget. Almost 25% of our of our budget goes to pay just for pensions. The average state, um, pick any state you want, their average is about 6%. So we're just, we're so mismanaged. We have $15 billion in unpaid bills. We're losing population. Our Our, our kids aren't staying at our colleges. What we're really losing, what we're, what we're, people have lost sight of this. There's an exodus of folks who are aged between ages 25 and 44. And those are the folks who create families, create jobs, that are entrepreneurial, that are paying taxes. Our state is losing population because they're fleeing because of two reasons. Our high tax burden, mostly with property taxes, and the fact that our state government is so dysfunctional. And we have to fix that. The only thing holding back the, the, the state of Illinois is our government. I mean, that, it's, it's a mess. It's a freak show. So how do you fix that, though? That's why we have elections, um, number one. And that's one of the reasons why I went and became the county board chairman. 
I wanted to prove that government could work again for the citizens. And we didn't have to be polarized. We didn't have to be so partisan that we'd have to work together for the will of the people and the good of the people and put partisan politics aside. It's been a rough road, quite frankly, but we've gotten a lot of things accomplished. Well, and I'm going to ask you specifically about some of those accomplishments, but in a recent op-ed piece that you uh, wrote for the uh, Northwest Herald, you described some of your current board members as obstructionist and mm-hmm. partisan. So, first off, where do you draw the line between people honestly dissenting from how you want to do things and being obstructionist? Well, there's about seven folks who continually are against anything that I'm for, even if they might have been for it before. It was funny, today, when I'd come out, well, actually yesterday, I came out with the idea to take away pensions for all elected, you know, countywide elected officials. Some of those guys don't like that idea because it happens to be mine. Um, the same folks, for instance, when I put forward a referendum in January to say that if there's going to be tax increases, you have to go to a referendum at any lo- level of government, they voted that down um, because it was my idea. Um, so we've had those kind of problems. They've called special meetings uh, four separate times just in the last few weeks. It's because they're trying to slow things down. But let me tell you, we're not going to allow them to do that. We've already, and we're finishing up our budget this year, and I ran on a platform of cutting our property tax levy by 10%. We are going to accomplish that goal. That's unbelievable, I think, in this in this climate. We're also going to be um, combining the recorder's office with the clerk's office and getting rid of a you know a whole elected position there in, 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 a, in a department. Um, we were, we've streamlined government. I put everything online now, so all of our meetings, even our committees, are, are, are web stream live, and this month we're going to video as well. I plan on changing the, the structure of the board. I'd like to reduce the size. I'd like to cut it in half. I'd like to go to single-member districts. So we're, we're really we're moving the ball forward, and I've, it's, it's been a struggle, but we've accomplished every goal that we've set out to do. This kind of uh, streamlining of government uh, eventually eliminates positions and, and the like, including those of board members, but you need the board to vote for that, don't you? Right, but we need to do it. We can't afford not to. In Illinois, I mean, l- let's put this in perspective. I'll talk about the board first. We're a county of 310,000, more or less. We have 24 board members. Cook County, which is significantly larger, has 17. We have six districts with four members each. So we have these multi-member districts. It's done to encourage anonymity um, so people don't even know who their board members are. I want to have direct accountability. I want to have less board members. I want to cut them in half, and I want to have single-member districts so everyone has to be responsive to their constituents. I think that's the only way to be. But how do you get that vote? I mean, do you, do you, does it start with the elections for, you know, there, there was, do you have to get the right kind of board members to win election before you can get a vo- board vote? Yes, but I, I and, and I'm going to bring that forward, but we have to wait until after this next election because we have to wait to the census until that's done. But more importantly, well, not just not just that, but we, we're also working on consolidation. I chaired the Consolidation Commission for the state of Illinois under Governor Quinn, and then I served on Governor Rauner's Consolidation Commission. And to his credit, he's done a very good job on the consolidation effort Governor Rauner has. I passed these laws, and when I became chairman, I said, I want to actually implement these laws. So one of the things we did is we looked at the Lake and the Hill Sanitary District that serves about 40,000 customers, 
But we saw, or we're looking at it right now to determine whether if we combine them with the village of Lake in the Hills that we could save the taxpayers money. The preliminary uh, numbers indicate that we'll be able to eliminate their property tax levy of over $650,000 and save an additional $400,000 per year. But let me tell you, just to get to that idea to talk about it caused a lot of problems. I had to go to court and sue the sanitary district because when they found out that I was looking at possible consolidation, they went and bought land or tried to buy land in another county, in Kane County, miles away from their service area, just so they could defeat the law that says you have to be in one county to be able to be consolidated. They were willing to pay millions of dollars to buy any land they could find to be in another county so they couldn't even discuss consolidation. That's how bad our governments are here in Illinois. We have these fiefdoms and these ideas of self-perpetuation. But... I think some officials might uh, talk about being able to deliver services at the granular level, at the at the neighborhood level, and that that's why you need some of these smaller units of government. And that may be true for some of them, but I th- don't you think that we should at least be able to have that discussion? And they weren't even allowing us to have that discussion because they wanted to stymie it by going and buying land in another county that they could never use, never had a plan to use it, but were willing to spend millions of dollars in taxpayer money just to protect themselves. And that's what's wrong. So self-preservation uh, driving a lot of this. But what is your next big, is, is the uh, Lake in the Hills district the next big uh Big target, or is there something else? What do you... What? Well, we're going to look at there from consolidation, because I'm putting together a special committee to look at that, and I want to vet this completely. And frankly, if it doesn't make sense, we're, we're not going to do it. And I need buy-in from the Village of Lake and the Hills as well. So I, it's going to be a collaborative process. But we're also looking at beyond the March ballot to eliminate the recorder's office, which I think is, is critical. And I plan on having a vote on October 17th at the county board level to eliminate all elected countywide officials from being able to uh, accrue any more pension benefits and just terminate that. And and I, I did want to talk to you about that. That is a that is a significant move, at least Im- administratively. What's the rationale behind it, and how much effect can it have? Look, it save us millions of dollars. I mean, we have the highest property taxes in the country in McHenry County. We pay more than ninety nine point nine nine percent of all Americans. And we're losing population five of the last seven years. It could be in 2020 that during that 10-year time period will be the first time ever that we are going to lose population. And we're losing population because people cannot afford their property taxes. We're on the Wisconsin border, and our biggest out-migration is to Walworth County, which is just just above where we are, because people can't afford to stay here. So we have to stop business as usual. And we have to rethink government, and we need to to demolish the status quo. Otherwise, we're never going to be able to fix what we got. But do pension pension payments, or uh, for a handful of countywide officials, mean that much to the individual taxpayer? Well, it could, and I think it also sends a strong message that we're willing to change the system. But we're also going to be saving a lot of money because you know some of these folks stay thirty, forty, fifty years, and that's, and that's not an exaggeration. And we're paying, you know, a million dollars a year in in pension costs. Um, We'll be terminating that going forward.
you're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. My guest is McHenry County Board President Jack Franks, who is very, very busy <laughs> these days. Um, uh, on lowering taxes, what what have you been able to accomplish so far? Well, thank I ran on a platform of reducing our property tax levy by 10% and just showing other governments that once we're able to accomplish this, how to do it. This month, the county board will be voting on our budget that will reduce the property tax levy in McHenry County in, in excess of 10%. We're about 10.2%. And what I did is I looked at the budget differently. I looked at it as a zero base and starting at zero and having every line item having to be defended. I also looked at what we were doing in our budget scenarios and the assumptions they were using. And I think they needed a new set of eyes to determine how to fix this. And I just went through it with a fine-tooth comb, and I was able to find over 10% in savings with a very, um, very, a lot of help from our administrator and our good staff. And quite frankly, I, we have some really good folks on the county board who are able to help. We've got a sensible majority on the county board. And I talked to, briefly about the ones that, aren't, that are obstructionists. But understand that the vast majority are hardworking and are there for the right reasons, and they've been really terrific to work with, and they've been very um, enthusiastic in giving ideas on how we can do this. But anytime you cut taxes, that means cutting revenue. Uh, does that mean that there are cuts that you have to make? I did not cut any services because we were creative in how we did it. I looked at how we were paying our bills. I, look, I took a businessman's approach. I'm a... I've got a business. I employ folks um, in the county. So I looked at it as though we were my own business and how I would structure it. Um, we had huge surpluses. And what, there's so many sacred cows that people are afraid to deal with. So if it has like the word veteran in it, how dare you touch their budget, right? I looked at the Veterans uh, Commission, which is a very important place. And we didn't cut anything from them. But I saw that they had a couple years worth of surplus in their budget. What are we doing? So I cut their budget this year by a lot, but it's not going to affect any of their service because they have so much surplus. So I looked at, you know, the Veterans Assistance Commission, and I looked at a few other places where we could cut. The Mental Health Board uh, was $500,000. And then I I restructured, you know, how we're paying some of the, I didn't restructure it. Some of the debt had fallen off, so it was a good timing as well. But there was other things we were able to do, um, such as the risk management. I saw that we were were over, um, we're holding too much money there. And what I found at our county is that we have one line item for our our nursing home, for instance, that has a $40 million surplus, which is enough to run the nursing home for almost four years if they had no other income coming in. It's unconscionable to me that we would accumulate that much money and overtax our citizens that much to create these huge surpluses. So those days are over. So why would you want to leave all of this fun <laughs> to run for Illinois Attorney General? I, I am assuming that you haven't changed your mind, that you are at least seriously considering a run. I am considering it um, th- because it doesn't come around very often, uh, an opportunity like this, quite frankly. And a lot of my career in Springfield was based on fighting for the little guy um, and for the, those with the faintest voices. And going after bad guys, you know, I went after Rod Blagojevich, and I was, you know, the guy who spearheaded the investigation of him, and and I feel I'm very proud of that. And a lot of the consumer stuff that we had done, for instance, I had changed a law that n- does not allow companies to use credit scores when they're evaluating whether you can get a job there. 
was what really got me mad is some of these companies that had gone bankrupt themselves were using credit scores to determine whether folks were be, should be uh, allowed to work there. I thought that was awful. So those are the type of things that I think uh, an attorney general can do. I also have made commitments here in McHenry County that I want to, I got to weigh heavily to determine what's best for the citizens of McHenry County, because I've got a lot of work to do in McHenry County as well. And that's frankly, I left the state legislature to help at home. I wanted to implement the laws that I had, that I had championed and changed in Springfield and put them into action. So I'll be making a decision soon on that. And I got to, it's really weighing on me what's best for the citizens of my county. Are you hearing a lot from either citizens or your uh, your colleagues on the county board? I've gotten a lot of support um, encouraging me to do it, and I've also got a lot of people saying, hey, we need you here. You know, you, you've, uh, we need you to, to keep pushing the envelope because nobody, frankly, had ever done this before. And this is the first time that the county board chair had been elected rather than appointed. So instead of having... So I don't, my power does not come from the members of the county board, the 24 members. It comes from the citizens. So I have a much different perspective um, as, a, as a chairman than previous chairmen have had. So I think that's why we've been able to accomplish so much. Um, how much will the, uh, the fact that this is going to be a wide open field uh, for attorney general factor into your uh, decision? Because, I mean, it will, the field is already including a former colleague, uh, Scott Drury. It's likely to uh, include uh, State Senator Kwame Raoul, uh, people who arguably have higher name recognition than you do right now. Well, Scott Drury getting it because of the run for governor. I never, you know, I've never been ahead in a poll and I've never lost a race. Um, if I get in, I feel I'm always going to win. That's not that doesn't concern me. You know what I like about the, the folks that are in the race so far and those that are, who are thinking about it? We have good people who are running so people can actually vote for the person they like the most instead of the lesser of two evils. I'm really impressed with who we've got there. Kwame's a friend. I think he's great. Elaine is wonderful. She's not running Elaine Neckritz. She, she <laughs> but, would but be she great. was talking about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So we had some really good people in there. I don't know Jesse Ruiz well, but I hear really good things about him as well. So I'm, I'm just happy that the folks are going to have a good choice no matter who may get in. Now, there is a certain amount of name recognition on the Republican side and uh, organ, the uh, traditional Republican support for Erica Harrell. Uh, she is an Urbana or, uh, attorney. For people who aren't familiar with that name, she is a former Miss America. What do you think of the, the standard bearer for the Republicans at this point? I, I don't know the lady at all. Um, I know that she had run a few times for other races and was unsuccessful. Um, but I'm, I don't know anything about her. Um, what's your timetable for making a decision? I'm going to do it pretty soon. Um, in, the next, uh, in the next week, I have to. It's right. It's it's weighing on me and my family. We've talked about it a lot, so we're gonna we're gonna make that decision pretty and, soon. And you're probably getting tired of answering the questions exactly. too, from reporters. So. No, it's okay. You're doing your job. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, some more uh, things going on at home and abroad. I yeah. guess. Uh, how is McHenry uh, recovering from the storms that uh, that came through our area? We were we had two disasters in McHenry County this summer. We had a huge explosion in Marengo where 51 homes were demolished or, or, or seriously damaged. And we had a great response from our um, emergency folks in McHenry County. They did a great job. And then just a few weeks later, we had this massive flood. And it was the slowest flood ever. I mean, it just kept, it was, you know, how it took for weeks for it to come. 
we've pretty much recovered from that. And we had some great people. Again, the folks who were dealing with the Marengo incident were also the folks dealing with the flood. They did a great job. And I want to also say that the state of Illinois really came through well. Everything we asked for them to do, they did. And um, the response was terrific. So we're, we're very fortunate. It could have been much worse than what it was. And, and luckily, everybody came out just fine. Um, my experience, especially right around now, has suggested that people who have been through floods tend to think a lot about others who are going through the same thing. Um, are there things that uh, folks in McHenry are doing uh, to uh, help those who are hitting the Caribbean and on the U.S. mainland? I actually talked about that at our last county board meeting, and folks are giving uh, are giving money and, and, and reaching out to them. I'm glad you brought that up because we... We can't forget those folks, and these are our brothers and sisters who are in Puerto Rico, and they're really suffering. So everybody out, out there who can give, please do. They need it. Um, is, is the county going through some growing pains on issues like immigration? Because I know uh, that's that's been an issue recently. Uh, uh, immigrant rights advocates uh, accuse the county of not following the New Trust Act, which... Uh, I'm scoping this down probably uh, too much, but it basically says police can't hold an undocumented immigrant and then turn that person over to the authorities just because of immigration status unless there is a warrant. Um, And there are, uh, I believe, a couple of cases where um, the argument is that the county, or at least police, did exactly that. Yeah, and I'm not sure of all the facts yet, but I can tell you McHenry County is a unique position because we actually have a contract with the Department of Homeland Security. And in our county jail, we're housing around 250 to 260 um, detainees from ICE. So you may not be aware of that. So what the issue is, so when someone gets picked up in McHenry County on a warrant for their arrest and they also have an ICE hold, that's where the problem comes in. And I think we've, there's been some issues that are unique to McHenry County because of our contract uh, with the federal government. So hopefully they're getting that fixed very quickly. But as I understand the act, if someone is arrested in the county for a crime and they post bond, we must release those folks. And that's been my, uh, that's been my uh, position on this because... Um, if ICE wants to rearrest them or something, they certainly can. But if someone is being detained only for an arrest in McHenry County for whatever it might be, you know, driving under the influence, whatever it might be, and they post bond, they have to be released. Um, the last thing I want to ask about, because we only have a couple of minutes left, wow. uh, is uh, more of a philosophical question. Are you seeing any signs in terms of politics in general, whether it's in the state or in McHenry County, that things are changing. I know in Springfield, at some point, it looked like the the members themselves were starting to take things into their own hands, at some risk, I would think, uh, from both sides. But are you seeing that kind of thing happening more in politics, or do you think the uh, the empire is going to strike back and the powers that be will rein everybody in again. I think you see a lot of good people who don't want to get involved in the political system because it's gotten so mean. And these anonymous bloggers and folks that are on social media, it makes it so good folks don't want to be sullied and to get into that viper pit, quite frankly. So I think you're going to see less folks willing to step up right now. And there's so much frustration at every level of government. And you see... 
what's happening in D.C. I mean, no one could be happy with what's happening in D.C. It's embarrassing. Um, Springfield is just as bad. Um, locals, I still think you can get things done. Um, in the short term, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better because we have the election season coming now in the next few months. And I don't think you're going to see the Democrats wanting to give the Republicans many wins um, in Springfield. And you're not going to see a lot of compromise on the Republican side because they want to have issues to go campaign on. So I don't think it's going to be a good uh, 14 months for the citizens of uh, Illinois. But I can tell you in McHenry, in McHenry County, we're not going to go down that road. We are going to do what's best for the citizens. We're going to continue to work together and we're going to get things done. That's going to be the final word. That is Jack Franks. He is the McHenry County Board Chairman. And Jack, thank you for uh, for coming in. Thanks so much. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is cbschicago.com. Just follow the audio links. You can also find our podcast on play.it. I will be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you will be listening. Until then... I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. WBBM and HD Chicago, WCFS FM and HD1 Elmwood Park, Chicago. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.